Hello everyone and welcome to another miniature episode. I am the internet's own Miggy D with the Casual Setting Podcast and today I'm kicking the kids out so we can have a little chat about something I've kind of already given my thoughts on, but I've decided to sit down and revisit. I want to give a shout out to my buddies Wumbo and Matt for inspiring me to sit down and write this thing because I'll be honest, I wasn't gonna. I was just gonna sit down and watch the Snyder Cut and leave it be, but after shitting on the franchise for so long I felt like it'd be too typical to go in and, and watch it then just trash it all over again and i'm happy to report that after watching it and talking a little bit about it with some buddies on facebook so i actually had a lot to say now before we get going i want to tell you guys that it's been a whole four years since i've seen the joss whedon cut of the justice league film normally when i see a bad movie i just shrug it off and watch it again later just for laughs but the justice league original cut is right up there on my list of movies that I don't need to suffer through again, not even as something to riff on for fun. Right off the bat, I would like to once again acknowledge that the fans won, and more importantly, Zack Snyder won. This was his passion project, and there's a whole other layer to this film other than just some studio execs coming in and tearing it apart without his guidance. One thing I failed to acknowledge is that this is more than a second shot or a chance at redemption. This is a victory for him because his world fell apart during the initial production, and so for the first time, I want to give you guys a fair warning that at the end, I'm going to get a little serious. You know, think of it as a post-credits deal, but in podcast form. Now, having said that, I prefer to judge all movies based on their merits without taking into account the things that went on behind the scenes. And so with that in mind, oh, there's going to be some spoilers here. So if you haven't watched it yet, there are some surprises to be had, especially if you're a DC fan. So without further ado, let's get started. A few people have come up and asked me, what did I think of the Snyder Cut, and did I like it? And yeah, I did. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would give it a high 6. Not quite a 7, but it still managed to hold my attention for 3 hours. Now you might be saying to yourself, wait, the movie was 4 hours, what do you mean 3? And that's because I almost gave up on the movie within the first hour. My biggest gripe throughout this whole movie is also its strongest point. During the action sequences, the movie looks like a moving portrait. You could see every strand of hair blowing in the wind and beads of sweat dripping from the warriors' faces, and it's all just really awesome to look at for the first 10 minutes. After about 30 minutes of that, it gets old really fast. You know, for example, the battle on Themyscira would have been like 10 minutes shorter if they had shot most of it in slow motion. Now, normally that's not a big deal to me because, again, it looks really cool, but it's overused to hell throughout the entire movie. I almost gave up because I was afraid the rest of the film was going to be like that, and I thought to myself, I don't have to put myself through this. But what dragged me back was my inner child who wanted to see Batman and Superman again. Also, early reviews and online discussions were popping up, and I didn't want to shit on the movie based on an incomplete run-through. And I'm glad I did, because overall, everything was much better. Uh, much, much better. You know, From the fight scenes to the CG and even the character development saw some huge improvements over the first one. I mean, it's not amazing, but if we're comparing the two, this is definitely the better version. No contest. I just want to say that I'm really happy that this is cut up into chapters so that I could watch it at my own pace without feeling like I lost momentum or go, ah shit, I gotta start it all over again. Because I started watching it one night and I had to finish shit the next day. Because four hours is a lot of time to dedicate to one movie. But... Then again, I could sit here for like 20 watching BoJack Horseman over and over again. <laughs> now, the runtime aside, one of the things that really sent me over the edge and made me stop watching it were the inconsistencies. 
I'm not going to do a full breakdown of everything that I, every issue that I had with the movie, but I do want to bring up the worst defender. And once again, it's Batman. Shocker, I know. But this time it's not that because he kills people or that Affleck isn't as good as playing Bruce as I thought he was before. No, it's that he keeps saying how he needs to make amends and save the world in Clark's memory. The dynamic between Batman and Superman has always been interesting because when things get serious, it boils down to the Boy Scout versus the Vigilante. Despite what you think is right or wrong, it's always been a fun discussion to have in the community. But in this universe specifically, we have nothing to pull from to be emotionally invested in their relationship. You know, they were strangers fighting each other in Batman vs. Superman, who later teamed up following some bullshit conflict resolution. When Superman dies... And Batman begins to mourn him. He's full of guilt and he keeps saying, Ah, oh, I failed him. I have to do this for him. And well, I'm like, why? Why do you have to? He was a stranger. You know, this has been and always will be at the forefront of my mind whenever Bats talks about him or Shore just shows any signs of remorse. Because again, why? Why do you care about him? You do him for like an hour. He's a terrorist as far as you know. And he's done nothing but level cities. If I had to put a pin in my biggest gripe over these movies, that'd be it. Now, I've come to terms with the fact that this Batman kills and Superman is a forever sad boy, but this is inexcusable. You know, all more so than the inorganic nature of Lois and Clark's relationship. You know, it's I guess it's not that bad, because at least she's had some history with them. I guess. I mean, okay, yeah, they do have pictures together, and I'm pretty sure there were some work functions that they went to. You know, surely it hasn't always been Lois getting tossed off of buildings and whatnot. <laughs> and now that I think about it, I do remember at one point in time, I was legitimately sad for her having lost Clark because there was a scene where she was looking at a picture of him. And I don't know, maybe it's just the empath in me coming out, but I saw her staring at the picture and she was sad, and I felt sad. But my issue with that is he didn't really earn that. We don't know who Lois and Clark are as a couple. We just know that they work together, and he kind of has a thing for her. And I think they moved in with each other. It's been a while since I've seen Man of Steel, too, so uh, there's that. But the point is, I feel nothing for them as a couple. There's nothing there to draw from, unfortunately. And I was kind of hoping for that in the Snyder Cut, too. At least one or two scenes where they're like having a date or maybe a flashback to a date or going out to the movies. Or hell, even let's say that they're running late for work one day and, you know, obviously Superman has to keep his cover as Clark Kent. But just this one time, he didn't want to be late, so he decided to just fly them both over to the Daily Planet. You know, that, that would have been something. It would have been cheesy, but still. <laughs> and speaking of relationships, one thing that was missing from the Snyder Cut was the buddy dynamic between Flash and Cyborg. Now, to be fair, that was something Whedon had thrown in, and if I'm going to give the original any credit at all, uh, ugh. It, it pains me to say that, but anyways, yeah. Their their chemistry was great. But I get why Snyder didn't include anything like that this time around. He wanted a grittier Cyborg. And it worked. It's understandable, because the guy was coming to terms with being part machine and working through his daddy issues. And I guess it wouldn't have made sense for him to come out the other side of all that with a plucky attitude and a booyah. If I remember correctly, he didn't say booyah at all in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the 6 rating that I gave it now. <laughs> but Cyborg's backstory was probably one of the better portions of the Snyder Cut. Now, typically when I watch a bad movie or I have a ton of complaints for one, I tend to find something about it that makes it worth watching, and this was it. 
we got to spend a lot more time with them being fleshed out. There was some genuine emotion to be had there, especially when it came to the complicated relationship that he had with his father. Now, overall, he was pretty good, relatable character. Unfortunately, he is a somewhat mopey and angsty version of Cyborg, other than what we're used to seeing. You know, him be kind of funny, but in this case, it works. Literally almost died and got put back together again. Now, could you say your sense of humor would remain intact after going through all of that? One of the only things that bothered me about Cyborg was his dad who ended up martyring himself. You know, I just felt like it was Man of Steel all over again when Pa Kent sacrificed himself for some stupid reason. I suppose it's just typical for these films, though. Dad's got to sacrifice himself, just like Spider-Man doesn't get to have parents or an uncle. And Batman always has to have a father figure, never an actual parent. <laughs> now, the chemistry between the actors and the dynamics between the heroes aside... I was actually surprised at all the cameos they threw in and all the setup they did for future films, which at this point in time, I'm pretty sure the Justice League sequels are canceled since the first ones flopped. But luckily they've decided to keep moving forward with their other projects like Shazam and Wonder Woman. Both great movies, and if you haven't seen them yet, well, they're on HBO Max along with some other great animated DC films, so go check those out too. Because one thing I've noticed with DC is that their animated films tend to be more mature and serious, which is much different than the goofy, somewhat serious nature of Marvel. Side note, I think that Marvel has been putting out so many films following that formula that I think it'd be great to have a different flavor of superhero films, just as long as they're written by somebody who understands the characters and the properties that they're working with. Also, somebody that doesn't overuse Christ imagery would be nice. You know, we get it, Zach. Superman is Jesus. He literally had him T-posing in space, hovering over the planet. You know, it looks cool, but it's played out. Now, since I brought up played out, Marvel, your superhero landings. We get it, your heroes land in a weird kind of cool-looking way, but move on, for fuck's sake. And so once again, congratulations to all the DC fanboys. I tip my hat to you guys for pounding on the doors and signing all the petitions, garnering the necessary attention for this film to happen. You might not have had the big screen success the first time around, but I could say from a Marvel fanboy's perspective that... I'm legitimately happy for you guys. You got something to celebrate. Even when they did the typical superhero pose and the ca camera panned all over all of them standing together, I couldn't wipe the dumb grin off of my face. It was just so cool. One thing I asked myself is, does the Snyder Cut redeem the DC Cinematic Universe? And not really. I think that credit should go to Joker and Wonder Woman personally. But I do think this was a step in the right direction because this movie had some consistency in its storytelling. You know, again, it's not phenomenal, but it's better than what you got the first time around. And if you hated the initial cut and decided you were done, I think you should give this one a chance anyways. You know, not because it's a fantastic piece of cinema, no, not at all, but because this was how it was meant to be seen, more or less. And as a side note, we now have a definite answer as to who played the best Joker in the live-action films. And Jared Leto sure ain't it. He was so annoying, which surprises me, because I actually liked his version of the Clown Prince of Crime in Suicide Squad. Also, Jesse Eisenberg is still pretty awful. I think if he wouldn't have shown up again, I would have given this movie a 7. You know, sorry. That's just how it is. <laughs> and so that's it, everyone. I could finally put to rest the negative emotions I had for the Justice League and say once and for all, the Snyder Cut was cool. I mean, sure, yeah, I had my gripes, but overall I liked it. And I hope you decide to give it a chance to. Thank you so much for tuning in for another miniature episode on The Casual Setting. I have been the internet's own Miggy D. Be sure to follow The Casual Setting on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to us. I'll be putting our social handles on the description. And stay tuned for a little more serious discussion once I wrap up here. If you're interested, of course. 
But other than that, I can't wait to hear what your thoughts and opinions on this movie are. And yeah, have a good one, guys. Now here on the casual setting, we like to have fun. But I want to really close this episode out by talking a little bit about what was going on behind the scenes. Now, I'm not sure that everybody knows this, but tragically, Zack Snyder lost his daughter during the editing phase of the Justice League the first time around. And he had to step away to be with his family. Now, as we all know, a ship without a captain is bound to sink, unfortunately. And to his credit, amazingly, he did try to go back to work and finish the movie because it was something he was very passionate about. You know, but ultimately, it turned out to be too much for him. And I don't blame him at all. Because say what you want about a person's work, but his priority was his mental well-being and his family's. I prefer to keep things light and goofy and everything that I put out, but I feel this is an important factor with this re-release. That's not to say that I take back everything that I've ever said about his work, no. I stand by my criticisms. But what I'm trying to get at is I've gained a whole new appreciation for the Snyder Cut. He got his movie out there. With all of his rough edges and misfirings, at the end of the day, it's a piece of himself that he reclaimed. Stuff happens every day, and sometimes life or... A tragedy pulls us away from the things we're passionate about. We miss out on some opportunities and we're left wondering what could have been had we not been taken down that path. I spent years talking shit about his movies, but I could put all that aside and speak as a human being and not some nitpicky gatekeeper. So congratulations to Zack Snyder, most importantly, for reclaiming this piece of himself and I want to thank him for sharing it with us. Whether you like it or not, he got a chance to finish this movie and put it out there with his name on it. This isn't Justice League, oh, the director's cut. No, this is Zack Snyder's Justice League. And that's all I've got to say about that. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you have a good day, night, or whatever time you're listening to this episode. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. <laughs>